Welcome to IDD Get to Know Me, a mental health podcast where nothing is off the table. Wait, what does IDD mean? IDD stands for Intellectual and Developmental Disabilities. You will hear from us, people with IDD, and experts on topics that are important to us and our mental health. I'm your host, Victor. And I'm Daniel. Welcome to IDD Get to Know Me, a podcast about anything and everything. Today, we are moving with our last episode with, last but not least, Erica Streisenberger, a self-advocate from CAMH. Welcome, Erica. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. It's been a, a long time coming, so thank you. Yes, um, our viewers were asking, where's the Erica podcast? Where's the Erica <laughs> podcast? And, you know, we had to do it. We had to give the viewers what they want. Yeah, yeah for sure. And now, so, uh, so Erica, thanks so much for joining us. So you're uh, currently in school to become uh, a recreation therapist, uh, and it's great to have you here. Uh, how are you doing today? Um, I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm doing great. How about yourself? Not too bad. Not too bad at all. Yes, gotta work on that beach body, if you know what I mean. Am exactly. I right? Exactly, exactly. Yes, Erica, I don't know if you know this, but on this podcast, we like to start off with an icebreaker okay so what superhero would you like to be and why oh that is a great question i think i would want to be you know um that movie incredibles yeah how the mom is stretchy yeah i would want to be elastic girl that way i can get to everywhere that i need to go excellent excellent you know, you know who i would be who? I'm Batman. Yeah. Both excellent choices. I gotta I gotta say I'm Spider-Man though. I like to shoot wind. Oh. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. Elastigirl. I mean Erica, to begin with. How about you tell us uh, a little more about yourself? Yeah, sure. So I am a self-advocate. I originally started off with Victor when there was just the two of us. Yes, the OG. <laughs> We are the ones that got the self-advocacy program running, up and running. I am also a full-time student at Seneca College doing my bachelor's degree in therapeutic recreation. I'm actually in my third year, finishing up my third year. So one more year to go and I'll be good. I have a YouTube channel. It's called The Life of Erica. I'm actually, as we're filming this podcast, because I know probably I, I kind of let my viewers know that I was in a podcast. So I'm just kind of filming them, filming me answer your questions. And I work full time 
so tell us uh, tell us a little bit about uh, about the YouTube channel and and also maybe a little about uh, how you became a self advocate. Sure. So the YouTube channel I started about a year ago, and the whole entire reason behind the YouTube channel was because I was struggling with budgeting money. And so at the beginning, my channel was called Budget with Erica, but I really decided that I just kind of wanted to share a little bit about my life, not everything, but a little bit. And so I've changed it up to now what is called the life of Erica and how I, was it how I became an advocate or? Yeah, just how, how, how did you become an advocate? Uh, what inspired you to do so? You know, that kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. So, um, I had my mental health story published through my school's newspaper. So uh, when I was attending George Brown, and then I thought to myself, you know what, I, I need to get my story out there because a lot of people struggle with mental health. It's not something that's really talked about. And so I uh, signed up for One Brave Night mm. and I shared my story there. And that's where I met Victor, Yona. Such a wonderful night. Uh, <laughs> I was there so inspired too. by Oh. Yes. I'm... You were the kid that's that published a book, right? Yeah, that was me. <laughs> yeah. So we all met at one brave night. Yeah. yeah. So um so just to be uh, just just to be clear, um One Brave Night is uh an event that KMH puts on sometimes to to highlight some of the uh, artistic talents of uh, of some of the people with uh, disabilities uh, that they in the community who are also struggling with um mental health struggles and uh, just to showcase some of their uh, artistic talents and things like that. Yeah. So me and Erica and Daniel attended and what do you know we hit it off from the very start. I made a podcast with um, Daniel and Erica went to to work with me and yeah. and the rest is history. Well, we'll become history. Never <laughs> write about us. All right, all right. You got the next question? Yeah, I got it right now. Are you going to school right now? Are you still going to school? Um, yeah, I am in school still. How does that work because of the pandemic? Are you in in the class? No. So basically everything is online all of my schooling is online and and then I just hand in my my assignments online on blackboard so if, for those that don't know blackboard is basically a place where you can hand in your assignments I don't know how to explain it sorry but it's a place where I just hand in my assignments my tests mm -hmm. communicate my teachers what is your favorite subject the viewers got to know my favorite subject i love them all but my favorite is psychology okay now we might get you in trouble for this one i don't know how this is gonna go but who is your favorite teacher I don't have a favorite teacher, not for my degree. For my degree program, I don't have a favorite teacher. But Smart my... answer. Smart <laughs> answer. Yes, I plead the fifth. But but if I can say, um, I did have, I do have a favorite teacher from when I attended 
at George Brown and who actually introduced me to Cam H. And we just kind of hit it off. I opened up to her about my mental health struggles because, I mean, I was falling asleep in her class and so it was only fair. But that's because I was struggling with my mental health and I didn't know how to address it. So, yeah. So sleeping in class is helpful for some people who know. Yeah. So, um, okay, so you're telling us, you know, you're, you're studying to be a therapist, uh, you're doing your advocacy work in your YouTube channel. Uh, what are some other things that you're really passionate about? So, some other projects you're working on, anything like that? Yeah, there is actually a project that I am work currently working on right now. It might get a little deep, but that's because it's in honor of my late mother. My mom passed away in November. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, she passed away in November, and my self and my sister, we are going to be presenting an award in her in her honor for her bus company. So my mom was a bus driver for special needs, and I just wanted to keep my mom's spirit alive, and so I thought, why not? do it that way so yeah that's one project that i'm currently working on right now that's so lovely yeah. can you please tell us what really drives you to be a self-advocate for people with special needs so what really drives me is the fact that growing up i never had anybody to look up to or i never had anybody to help me and you know i myself have a five-year-old niece who not right at the moment she's showing any signs but if she were to ever have a disability or anything like that i would want her to open up to me and ask me questions and i just want to be that shining light for other people who who don't have that voice um, I believe that everybody should have a voice and, you know, no matter what your disability is. And it's funny because I had this conversation with somebody and I was saying, you know, not all disabilities are physical. I said, when you think of it, when people with disabilities are looking for different services, a lot of times the person has like, you know, an intellectual disability or a mental health issue or something like that. A lot of times people or certain agencies will turn them away because they do not have a physical disability. And I think that that's wrong. And I think that all of us with disabilities, we need to stand together and we need to be treated as equals. So, yeah. Excellent. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree. And, you know, there's um, a lot of the time, you know, our disabilities and whatever, since they're not like immediately visible, people don't have as much sympathy for them, which again, is really unfortunate. On a similar note, can you share why you've been really passionate about uh, the mental health uh, aspect? Yeah, for sure. So with the whole mental health aspect, when I was first diagnosed in a couple of back a couple of years ago, I really and truly didn't know how to go about it. And I had gone to um, the doctors and they thought that my anxiety was something totally different when really my anxiety was just my anxiety, you know, my generalized anxiety, my depression and all of that stuff. And um, they, the doctor had asked me to put on, get on some medication and I turned it down and I said, no, but that also stems from my mother who really didn't like to take medication. And I 
didn't take the medication and I went back to my doctor and I told her how I was feeling. And she had asked me, she said, well, are you taking the medication that I prescribed you with? And I said, no. And she said, well, you need to be taking that medication. And mm-hmm. that's when my medication journey started. But then again, when I was growing up, both sides of my family, both sides struggle with some sort of mental health issue. And um, my mom saw it. And so nobody in my family knew how to talk about it. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to be the one to talk about it. I will get all of the, you know, shame and stuff. And and at the time, this is when, you know, people really did start talking about mental health and really getting the word out. Because a lot of times people would think, you know, you have a mental illness and you're automatically, and I hate using this word, but you're automatically put in that category of, I don't want um, Say it. Of being crazy. Of people thinking that you're crazy because you have a mental illness and really you don't, you're not, you're, you know, we're all humans. We're all, we all need to be treated as one. We cannot be put into different categories. Yes. You may have your challenges and that's totally fine. I have my challenges, but other than that, you know, there really and truly should not be a label. So yeah, (laughs) I could go on about it, but that's my, (laughs) that is, my answer. Sorry, I could write a book. <laughs> no, no, it's it's a it's a touchy it's a touchy subject. It's a very important subject, obviously, to you know the folks listening to a Camage podcast. Uh, and yeah, no, and thank you for sharing. What other hobbies do you have besides self advocacy? What other hobbies do? You, what things do you like to do for fun? Oh, that's easy. I love to sit in front of my TV and watch Netflix. That is my favorite hobby, to be quite honest. You know what is mine? What? Just to watch TV, turn off my brain, and just watch dumb reality shows. Hey, forget about the world. <laughs> Forget about other people's problems. Hey, well, if that floats your boat, that floats your boat, right? Yeah, what about you, Daniel? Yeah, I'm pretty low-key. Um, video, video games, board games, movies, hanging out with my pets, stuff like that. You know, seeing friends sometimes. Yes, the only people who won't say no to you is your pets. Shout out to all the pets in the world who tolerate us. Hey, that is, I completely forgot about my pet, my dog Lucky, who is snoozing right now because he's not feeling good, but that's okay. Oh, what's what's your what breed is he? He's a Lassoapso. He's twelve years old, I believe. I've, oh, I've never heard of that breed. Yeah, they uh, they originated from Tibet. Interesting, interesting. We actually just uh, got a couple of Australian uh, Shepherd puppies. Oh, nice. So they're, they're really cute. Yeah. Um, anyway, so uh, getting getting near the end of our questions here, um, I believe that I understand you've recently moved to your own living space. Yeah. Uh, what's, uh, what's that like? Oh, wow. Yeah. I really enjoy it, but it, it happened really fast, actually, because before my mom had passed away, we had put in place some services for me to get help. And so I'm getting help through community living. Okay. And yeah, and uh, 
So my mom passed in November. My dad wanted to sell the house right away. <laughs> and so he did. And he moved to Cambridge. And I said to him, I'm not moving to Cambridge. Mississauga is my home. It's close to Toronto and all of that stuff. Well, okay. they, uh, so community living had an apartment for me and, uh, well, not for me, but just, you know, there was an apartment open. So I took right. it. I've had a few little incidents since moving in. Um, okay. I have to, re I have to get my, uh, floors redone so that's one one adult thing that i really don't like but other than that i really enjoy it i highly recommend it the program that i am in through community living is supported independent living okay tell us uh tell us a little bit more about um about that like what, what was the process for getting that apartment and things like that yeah okay so i had to connect to developmental services of ontario fill out a whole entire application and it's funny because my social worker at the time who worked at camh because I, I was receiving services from camh he is the one that got me involved and got me to fill out this application. And so I did, but it took me a long time. And so I got an interview. So you have to go through this interview process, which is three hours long, because they have to figure out kind of where you're at and kind of what living situation you need and stuff like that. And so I did that for three hours and then I was just in the process of waiting for an apartment. My mom passed, so we had to move this process along a lot quicker than what I normally, what I thought would be normal. And so they got the process going. They found this apartment that I'm living in within two weeks of when I had to push the process. And then I had an interview with community living, again, going through kind of what kind of services I would need and whatnot. And then I got to come and see the apartment, loved it. I mean, I still do love it. And then uh, I moved in and yeah. Excellent. And um, were, were you satisfied with that whole process or are there ways you think it could be improved? Yeah. So again, going with the whole aspect of being someone with an intellectual disability, you know, going back to that whole topic of disabilities and stuff like that, you know, I really had to stand my ground and really tell them what kind of services that I needed, you know, because there were a few times or even just now where they, they used to over support me a lot. So with things that I could do, for instance, going to my own doctor's appointments, going to all of these other things that I had been doing on my own for so long that when I came, when I moved in and I got into service, my entire world had changed. And so I had to kind of tell them I'm an independent person, but I, you know, here are some of the things that I need help with. They were okay with that. But uh, again, like I keep saying, going back to the whole disability thing, it was a struggle because like I say, correct me if I'm wrong, you know, if anybody out there has a brother or a sister with a disability and 
they're not being, and you feel that they're not being treated correctly, I honestly, truly would say stand up for your sibling because at the end of the day, they're going to need your support more than anybody else. And, you know, I, I try to install that into my niece as well, where we'll see people and that are different than us. And there's times where I have to say to her, because she'll come up to me and she'll ask me questions and I'll say, no, you know what? We have to be polite. Go up to the, if they come up to us, we have to be polite. We cannot be mean to them. Yeah. I don't know where I was going with that, but. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, the the sibling relationship, that's a good thing you brought up. And the sibling relationship when someone has a disability is so important, especially, you know, I mean, you gave us a very stark example of this, unfortunately. But, you know, the someone's relationship with their siblings is going to last longer than their relationship with their parents, you know, and it, it's so important. Uh, to have good relationships with your siblings and right. to yeah you know to help each other out when you can right right plus plus there's an unconditional love there between siblings and parents you can't oh, find that anywhere else oh hopefully and for mo i mean some people don't have as great relationships with them but like you know i mean you would at least hope that most people would have would have that for sure mm -hmm. thanks so much erica that's wonderful and then uh, just thank you so much for everything you do and other than that uh do you want to erica just before we wrap up here do you want to plug uh, some of your social media yeah sure uh so my youtube is the life of erica i have a question now for daniel and victor yeah where can where can my viewers find your podcast ready for this idd get to know me we're on spotify we're on Apple Music, and we're, we're everywhere where you can listen to podcasts. Yeah, you can't get away from us. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Okay, cool. Okay. Thank you so much, Erica. It's been uh, lovely to have you. And thank you guys for having me. You're welcome. Our pleasure. Our pleasure. We'll, we'll see you soon, Erica. All right. This podcast is brought to you by the Azrieli Adult Neurodevelopmental Centre at the Centre for Addiction and Mental Health in Toronto, Canada. We would like to thank our producers, Afriz Gadimi and Avery Schwa, for helping to keep us organized and all of the behind-the-scenes work.